0: I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman.com forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. Wow. This episode is fantastic. Um, Robert Napolitano did a, an amazing job. He brought a, a, a element of passion and truth and wisdom that you're going to just learn from it's it's a really really good episode um Robert is a, mor- a mortgage note investor, a real estate investor with uh he founded Grit Partners GRIT he hit rock bottom in um 2008 2009 that period when uh he ended up having to he was being foreclosed upon after he thought he was killing it in real estate he thought he was you know he was sitting pretty making all this money and it ends up being foreclosed upon and then Ends up filing for bankruptcy two days before his wedding. The big lesson with this one is how you turn, you you embrace your failures, and how he embraced his failure and turns it into gold. You'll have to listen in for the, the how the bankruptcy turned out, because that's a fascinating part of the story. Um, but man, it's 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 a this was a really really good episode for anybody who's been through financial hardship. He's also been through a divorce. Um, which we we talk about, and really just kind of dealing with that ego and and um, setting it aside, and um, piecing things back together, and using your strengths to serve others, and and really rebound. Um, Robert had a post on LinkedIn that really brought uh, that uh, I found, and that's why I reached out to him, and he and I know each other a little bit. But um, honestly, I didn't realize the episode would be this good, and you're not going to want to miss it
1: welcome to the from adversity to abundance podcast are you an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur then this show is for you Each week we bring you impactful stories of real people who have overcome painful human adversity to create a life of abundance a life of abundance. <laughs> You are not alone in your struggle. Join us, and you will experience the power of true stories and gain practical knowledge from founders who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. This podcast will encourage you through your health, relationship, and financial challenges so you can become the hero in your quest for freedom. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live, turn your adversity into abundance.
0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman, and I'm thrilled to ha- today to have with us Robert Napolitano. Robert, how are you doing today?
2: Doing awesome, Jamie. Thanks for having me on here.
0: Absolutely. I, this is going to be a fun one. Um, you are the founder of Grit Partners. I know you You already told me you don't want to focus too much on title. Um, but we're going to get into that and the and the kind of the meaning behind the uh, name of your company, Grit Partners. Um, but for the listener out there, take a, a minute or two and tell us who you are today and what you're up
2: to. So I'm uh I've been in the mortgage banking industry and real estate industry for 20 plus years. Uh, I started as my own private lender. I've been through uh, mortgage banking, uh, right into the uh, great. Uh, financial crisis that we had in 07, 08, 09. I've I've since then moved from real estate investing to buying notes. I started my first uh, private note fund in 2014, uh, currently winding that down, starting another iteration of that. And I also have another fund uh, buying life settlements, uh, but we'll get into how that plays with the whole thing as well. Uh, but I've touched over a billion dollars worth of debt, whether it be originating it, modifying it, buying it, trading it. I mean, I've been doing this for so long, and um, I know just about every part of, about this business. Uh, love this business. I love the benefits it brings to myself, my my investors, and the positive impact we have on homeowners out there as well. There don't think there's any other business like it that can you know serve all three of those.
0: Facets in a positive way. Love it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Those are a lot of the. You touched on some of the reasons I got into the note space as well, and um, and uh, I don't have as much experience on the mortgage side of things, but I did work for a mortgage broker and a title company back in the day. But um, it it the mortgage note space is as far as buying debt, uh, residential debt um, specifically, is a very niche space that. I know some of our listeners are familiar with, but um, you know a lot of a lot of people, even who are familiar with real estate investing, have no idea what we're what, what you're even talking about. But we'll get into that. Um, so before we jump into your backstory, what is what does a typical week or month look like? Just briefly, give us a little bit more context about kind of your your daily routine, if you will.
2: My daily routine. Uh, so I'm 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 a father at first and foremost um nice. we'll get into the part of that story as well um how you go through life stages and i'm at a point in my life now where uh um my time is my most valuable asset mm-hmm. and so my my children are my priority i shape my day my business my week around um you know their needs whether i'm bringing them to school in the morning picking them up later in the day doing activities with them we just came back from a weekend in uh, the virginia mountains uh, for a soccer tournament. Awesome. Um, so it was great to get away. Like I still did some work, you know, still, but, sure. but it was nice to sit on the sideline of a soccer game, breathing the fresh air, reading a book and doing some phone calls and taking care of some work in my, you know, mobile outside office as well. So, uh, the yeah. freedom and the lifestyle options that, uh, that, that we've accomplished are awesome. Yeah. And so my day really is dictated by, um, you know the needs of the kids and 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 providing a good life for them because my number one duty is to be a good fiduciary of God's children that He's blessed me with.
0: I love it. And to the listener who may be thinking that Robert is is blowing smoke and just wants to sound good, <laughs> he's already given me a hard cutoff, hard stop because he has to go uh, pick up his kids here shortly. So, um, you know, he's not just saying that. So, Robert, I, the reason I reached out, I know we've we've uh, crossed paths a couple times before. Because we do run in similar circles, but uh, the the true reason I reached out to to ask you to come on was I saw a, a post on LinkedIn that you'd uh, put up and and talked about a, uh, some of the hardship that you've been through, um, specifically financially, um, you know. But obviously that crosses over into other other aspects of your life, um, you know, whether that's relationship, health, et cetera. Let's jump into your backstory. Um, you can pick it up where you'd like, but th- the point here is to focus on adversity, a uh, particular type of adversity or you know, period of adversity that you've been through. And then we're going to pull out some uh, lessons learned as we walk through chronologically back up to today. So where would you like to start, Robert?
2: Um, that's easy for me to start because I always go back down to my core. Um, the people that know me know that I can be somewhat abrasive. Um, that's one of the tenets of the name of Grit Partners because I can be somewhat gritty, abrasive, and uh, um, I really don't care type of attitude um, for what people think about me. So um, I'm going to tell everybody who's listening that I enjoy the F word, many <laughs> F words, and I'm going to start with an F word that I embrace, I've learned to embrace, and it took me a long time to embrace, and uh, I, uh, the word is failure. Hmm. One of my okay. favorite F words is failure. And uh, I've been through many of them, uh, but I've learned over time that unless we embrace our failures, we're not going to be able to move forward. And what I've learned is that failures is nothing more than the mileposts that we use to measure success. Mm. Any successful entrepreneur, anybody that's been successful in anything, extremely successful, and you ask them how they did it, they're always going to tell you about how many times they fail. And so we measure our success in failure. So I don't subscribe to the mindset of, you know, don't do things wrong. Don't take risks. Stay away from failure. No, no, no. It's okay to fail. Embrace it. Learn from it. Sure. I love that. In sure. fact, there is in the, in, in the Asian culture, um, something they call kensugi. Okay. Kensugi. Um, uh, most people don't know this, but I'll give you the visual. Think of a porcelain vase shattered and then welded back together with gold you've seen okay. these items before okay sure. and they've and, and it's very valuable art and what they've done is taken the broken item sure and wielded it all back together with gold and it creates a lot of value
0: yeah
2: and in a sense that's who we are as humans as well we are broken people we screw a lot of things up and unless we can meld those things back together that make us who we are, back together with gold, we're not going to find our true value. And so it always starts with our failures because I've been at the top of the world mm-hmm. and at the bottom of the world at the same time. And what I had at the top that I also had at the bottom is my failures. They follow me everywhere. But <laughs> if you know how to embrace them and build upon them, then you can get anywhere you want. Love that. And so- That's awesome. So my so I, yeah, so, I, I, so,
0: I so yeah those that's awesome I mean there's a lot of a uh, tweetable <laughs> yeah you know, a lot yeah. of quotes there a lot of, that you just uh, a lot of gold nuggets you just dropped um, but that came out of somewhere you didn't just read read all that in a book so. no no because
2: it, it comes out of my core and that's why so I'm going to yeah. tell you a little bit of my story yeah um, but the underlying driver behind there is embracing the failure so I so I'm here. Uh, my parents. I'm Italian. I was born in in, in New York, um, and my parents are you know off the boat Italian. They're you know speak broken English. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't finish high school. Came here to this country for a better life for their kids. And my father drove a bus in Manhattan, and my mother cut hair. Okay, we didn't have a lot of education. We didn't really have a lot of guidance growing up in the matters of business, and we had to learn pretty much what we learned from the streets. Um, you know, in those times, back in in New York, in late '70s, early '80s, and through the '80s, you know what was in the news was everything about the mafia and the five families and all that stuff. And so you kind of get your rules of how life happens. You know what you see and uh, all around it. In fact, my my family, as I understand it, um, my grandmother and her side of the family was part of one of those families, and they moved away from that element. To the United States to get away from break away from that element. So somewhere back in my roots, I'm tied <laughs> to all that. I uh, never knew yeah. any of them, but you know, I guess it's cool. It's never new. any <laughs> so yeah. of you go back into those memories, remembering seeing that distant uncle cousin. Oh, now that makes sense. Now okay. us, oh, okay, okay.
0: connecting some dots in, in hindsight. Yeah. yeah.
2: So Got so it. you know they made they they came from humble beginnings and they became self made millionaires buying real estate and the old school way of saving and working hard. I mean after our soccer games. On, on the weekends, you know, we would have to go and cut the lawn on the multifamily that my parents had or, you know, mm-hmm. bring the hot water heater to the basement while my father, you know, try to do the, the 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 welding and the the sweating of the pipes himself and stuff. And so we learned as we went along. And I always wanted to do things like them and they made, did well for themselves, but I always knew there was a better way of doing it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I learned how to do real estate through those traditional gurus. You pay your um, your, your fee and you get your traditional education. And that's how most people get into this business. Sure. And I thought I was really good at it. I was good at it, you know? And so I was again, in 08 and 09, I I ran my own mortgage company. I was driving around in a convertible Porsche, lending money, single, you know, I was the top (laughs) of my game. And then I got hit by the, the, uh, the great financial crisis. And it turns out that I sucked at real estate investing and what I was doing because I had no idea what was going on. And so I actually lost everything because I was actually robbing Peter to pay Paul. And I was, you know, paying some of my mortgages with credit cards and trying, it can't be happening to me. It can't be happening to me. And you're into this spiral and it's just, you know, it's crazy what goes through your mind and all the stresses that come. Um, And I had no confidence and I started getting depressed and I didn't know if I was ever going to be successful again. And I got, you know, buried in debt. Then the mortgage industry just, you know. Okay. Collapsed. I had no more income coming in, so how could I pay for any of this stuff? Um, so tell tell was... me
0: before we. I'm sorry. Yep. Before we jump into the, that, what uh, what was your real estate investing? I know you had your your mortgage yep. brokerage, so you were yep. lending money and doing transactions that way, right? But yep. what was your investing? Was that rental properties? What did that
2: look yep. like? Yeah, a little bit of rental properties. I was doing some private lending and uh, yep. uh and, and small fix and flips. I was doing. So I started, you know, I started where everybody else starts to, right? We all sure. start either wholesaling, you know, yeah. trying to make money in real estate without using your own money or credit, that type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't. I skipped over that part and I started using uh, my money, parents' money, uh, friends mm-hmm. and family. Uh, did some rentals. I saw how my parents were doing the rentals. Um, they sure. were doing it. Figure if they can do it, I can do it. Um, so sure. I did that. Uh, you know, and I wanted to get into. Um, I start. I started. One of my mistakes was I started investing too early on, investing out of state and not in my backyard. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be big quick, you know, so I wanted to go out of state and I wasn't prepared for that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I lost the money, you know, doing stuff in Arizona, on the West Coast and and places that I wanted to be, uh, but was there too early. So so, give us
0: a little like from a personal standpoint, you you already gave us some insight, but, you know, how well were you doing? You don't have to get too specific if you don't want to. But how well were you um, doing? And then, and then, how hard was the the crash for you?
2: I was, jeez, I was, I was, I was probably just under making a million dollars in net worth back then. Um, I had a couple of million worth of real estate, um, lending out on the street. Man, eh, only a couple hundred grand out on the street. And we were doing in loans, $40 million a month in loans we were doing in income. Um, I mean, back then it was so easy because, you know, they, they were giving money away to everybody. I yeah. Mean,
0: yeah, I worked at a title company and then a mortgage brokerage after that. And it was rates kept dropping and it's like they can't go any lower, you know. And then they did. And then everybody was refining. Um, it was, and and I, you got into the saying, option arms. Remember the option yeah. arms? the, the yeah, multi, the pick and pay Absolutely, yeah. there was I mean just if you could fog a mirror, you could get a loan, so it was pretty easy to <laughs> yeah. it was good, it was
2: good money back then it was easy money back then,
0: sure, so we head in so then oh eight o nine the crash happens, yeah. um sounds like you're overexposed uh from a yeah. uh you know debt standpoint, and like you said, Robin yeah. Peter to pay Paul, and then take it from there,
2: so I had a couple of things happening at that time, so I had just um. In oh one, I just um, gotten out of my first marriage. Okay, um, and so going into that, you know, I'd been dating it for a while and stuff and everything. And so I just at that time um, been dating my now wife, my girlfriend back then, for a couple of years. And mm-hmm. I figured I was back on the, you know, making money, mm-hmm. um, got a good uh, a good woman next to me, things are going well. And then all of a sudden, that rug got taken out from under So I had mm-hmm. one good thing going for me. And a lot sure. of things going bad for me, and so I was trying to keep it all together, you know mm-hmm. ego uh type a personality, denial, mm-hmm. I can pull this myself out of this. you know you can't tell me I'm wrong, I do this, but uh-huh. in the end, you know couldn't get it done, and then uh, it's hard for me to swallow my practice I didn't want to disappoint her i didn't want to disappoint my parents I didn't want mm-hmm. to disappoint anybody but uh you know, I didn't want to look like that loser, but I couldn't do it. And I was labeled as a deadbeat. So I struggled, I man. I couldn't pay my bills. And then my um, my last two properties, I was selling stuff off to pay things off. And my last two properties went into foreclosure. And so, listen, I, uh, it was, I remember this distinctly. I'll always remember this, that we were in my condo on the water. Um, we were engaged at the time. Yeah, we were engaged at the time. And she wanted to help me to pay some of my bills. And trying to help me to get organized she saw that i was struggling and i just lost it on her and i just went mm-hmm. off on her to the point where i'll never forget this vividly she i started making her cry mm. her bottom lips started trembling and she said crying to me all i'm trying to do is help you mm. and i'm like oh <laughs> it killed me i was so so ashamed of myself that was my bottom right there that was my bottle and i i was saying to myself that if i screw this up with her then yeah. It doesn't get work. You've
0: already, for that. Right. You've already yeah. lost one relationship. I mean, yeah. and you know, and now you're dealing with the financial side, which is yeah. incredibly stressful. Yeah. But like I said, like I said, it often ble- we we find that list um guests on the show and, and really everyone deals with some level of health relationship and financial adversity. And you know, they're they're not isolated, right? So the financial oh. stuff bleeds over into the relationship and vice versa. Yeah.
2: Um, so what I learned in my divorce was when we went to counseling before one of that that relationships fail for one of three reasons: money, communication, or sex. One of those hmm. three things. They all tie into sure, uh, and they and money just bleeds into the emotional side of it, the mental side of it. It just it's all tied together, all sure. of it. Absolutely. And so having that health, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually is yeah totally important. Totally Absolutely. important. Absolutely.
0: So she tries to. She offers to help, you don't take kindly to it, you uh <laughs> uh yeah. you know, don't respond in a way that you're proud of now. Right. And and you that's your rock bottom. So what happens after that? Well, and
2: I made the realization not only, only do I suck in real estate, but I sucked as a man. Yeah. Uh I was broken at that point. So I had to do that's my my decision. That's when I was like, Okay, I wasn't gonna need worse from here. Okay, and that's what I talked about before. That in the end, when you have nothing but your failures, mm. You embrace them, and you start picking up the pieces, start mm-hmm. getting that gold, and start putting it back together.
0: Mm-hmm. She
2: was my gold. I was the broken one. Let's start putting stuff together. And mm-hmm. so you acquiesce. I'm at the bottom. Where do we build from here?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, we went forward to get engaged and get married. I actually filed for bankruptcy two days before we got married. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, But I had that fight in me saying that and at that time so what i was doing at that time i got give you a little bit of context so what i was doing to trying to make money being that i knew the banking industry and if you remember back then there was a lot of uh uh, uh improper foreclosures going on and a lot mm-hmm. of things where the banks didn't have the notes the merge debacle the robo signing right. all this stuff going on mm-hmm. and so i had a lot of knowledge on how that works so i actually started a litigation support company doing foreclosure defense in new york and new jersey mm-hmm. and so i was hired as a banking expert, I did expert reports, mortgage audits. Hmm. I actually uh, have and a, a, was credited with an amicus brief in the State Supreme Court of Massachusetts. Um, oh, wow! So I'm, I'm in the record books and up there as being right. an expert on this stuff. And so I was doing okay. We were making some money. You know, it wasn't like the money I was making before, but I was helping people stay in homes, stopping some illegal sure. foreclosures. I started educating attorneys on how this works. And so it wasn't enough to keep up with everything. And so I did the bankruptcy two days before I got married because I didn't know if my bankruptcy was going to affect her good credit, her good job and all that stuff and everything. So I said, you know what? Let me just put the firewall here and I'll go into BK. So we did a chapter 13 where we're going to try and restructure everything. Mm -hmm. And I've got one of my attorneys. I told them what was going on inside of the bankruptcy with my last two creditors, with two of the big, too big to fail banks, the big institutions. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I said, let's fight them because you know there's a lot of stuff going on here. I'm a fighter. Let's go create adversarial proceedings. And we did. (laughs) And so I had two lawsuits inside of my bankruptcy going on. And I'll (laughs) keep the story short because it's all documented on, on public record. But I ended up beating the banks to the point where the banks settled with me and paid my entire bankruptcy estate, paid all of my creditors, paid all of my attorney's bills, and I walked away with a nice big check out of my bankruptcy. Uh, and I started my note fund with that because I went through that and it was such a nasty, nasty, nasty experience. Mm-hmm. And I said, people need to be treated better this way. What these banks are doing. Um, it is just so, you know, um, nefarious. It is just, it's, it's just, it's terrible what they put people through and I wanted to do it better. And I saw how they were trading notes and how the mortgage backside worked and all this stuff worked. And I said, I can get into this business. I know this business. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to law school, to become a paralegal back then too. I said I wanted to learn the legal system and how this works, because a lot of this happens inside of the legal system, and so I did. Um,
0: yeah. So, so, uh, so you took, a, I mean, you obviously took your your strength and your experience, that your expertise, right, and you applied that, and then you took your own pain that you'd felt uh, and experienced through this, and. That was some of the that was those two elements were some of the gold that you're talking about, and yeah. to 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 put these pieces back together and start rebuilding. So for the listener, you're talking about you were getting foreclosed upon, right? Um, yeah. By these banks, so you know we I deal in the non performing note space. We do foreclosures, um, and so kind of briefly compare and contrast what what should a foreclosure have looked like and what were they these banks actually doing
2: so that's a great question because i do i see both sides of it um and it's unfortunate because i like to help people where i can yeah but you're not going to be able to help everybody no so what i what i've reconciled in my head and my heart is that i'll do everything that i can as the note owner mm-hmm. to help people stay in their homes sure. modify the payments make it very affordable you know i can take you know uh we get very creative on how we do some of this stuff uh, yeah. i can take no payments and keep people in homes and still be profitable uh mm-hmm. if it makes sense um but the one thing i can't do mm-hmm. never could bring to the table is the income if they can go and provide an income on the other mm-hmm. side of the table mm-hmm. um, i can work with them i can take care of the rest mm-hmm. um, but i could not provide the income and so when we did a lot of the foreclosure defense I was mm-hmm. there to help because the banks were illegally foreclosing, do the proper procedure and stuff. Uh, but then you see people take advantage of the system as well. And I saw the ugly side of that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I see this side of it too. That's not why I'm here to help you take advantage of the system. Sure. So it's sure. good to know they are out there too. And sure. so you try to pick and choose who you yeah. can help. And it comes down to the income, who's being open. And honest. Look, I want to stay in the house, but I want to be accountable and I want to make payments. Great. Yeah. Happy yeah. to work with you.
0: Yeah. On previous podcasts, I've, previous episodes as well as previous podcasts I've you know talked about this as far as just it's almost like parenting it's like you can you can only do so much i mean you 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 have a play a large role in, in influencing your child's um behavior and their decision making and 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 things but at the end of the day if there's no communication there's no effort or there's no ability on the borrowers part to like you said producing have income and 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 make these payments there's only so much you can do so yeah right. you you have people taking advantage on both sides of it that's for sure yeah, absolutely um, yeah uh and, and like you we don't we're not out to foreclose that is not our intent um we do try as best as possible to keep everyone in their home at the end of the day that that property is the collateral uh, you know on that debt though and and that's your recourse when it, compared to buying stocks and things like that but that's a that's for another episode uh, so yeah,
2: let me say something about that though, because you're right. Because I agree with you. So my foreclosure is my last thing that I want to do, but for a different reason though. See, when I was doing my, what I learned was when I was doing the mortgage banking mm-hmm. and doing well, you know, you get paid on a um, on a transactional basis. And I used to say back then, you know, your only as your your net worth was your pipeline, and even mm-hmm. that some deals didn't close. Mm-hmm. Your pipeline wasn't really worth much. Uh, But the day you close is the the poorest day of your life because looking forward, you got no paycheck coming. You got to work for the next one to chase the next nickel. And so you're always chasing the next closing, chasing the next closing, and chasing the next closing until that pipeline closes and the rugs get pulled out from under you. So from there, at that moment, I never wanted to get back into a business where my check and my income was dependent upon a pipeline or transactional based. So going into these loans and modifying is my biggest priority because mm. once you do and modify the loan, I now mm. get paid with no effort. Sure. I get paid that makes- with no effort. And so that passive income, yeah. that mailbox yeah. money is what I want to do to build. So I don't necessarily, I don't want to foreclose. Yeah. Not because it's a, not the best thing to do anyway. I want to build my portfolio more and more and more of this passive sure. income coming in because yeah. I was in that spot where it was reliant upon me to go to work every day. Sure. And flipping or right. rehab, uh
0: flipping wholesaling or or brokering, That's right. you know, it's transactional. And but that so this uh, change in your approach to your business is what has now allowed you to go to the mountains in Virginia, <laughs> yes. you know, work a little bit here and there, but it's it's yes. it's more and more passive. Uh, as time goes on because you're being intentional about, about that. So I love yes. this. That. That's
2: awesome. Yeah. So um, I know you make, you make the money go to work and the dollars yeah. go to work so that you can recapture your time. Sure.
0: It's a different mindset. Yeah. No, I mean, we've had some big wins in, in our NPL fund our non-performing loan fund, but then what, <laughs> you know, right. like you said, it's, it, it now I got to do it again. I got to put this money to work. I, You know, that's, there's a lot of right. pressure, a lot of work. Um, associated with that so so then uh, so pick it up where, where how's the story continue from there
2: where I where'd I leave off that I was in the uh, oh I guess I got so so one of the other things that so the second property inside the bankruptcy actually got foreclosed on and okay. so we ended up um, going to get that foreclosure undone and that was a big mm. mess because because the bank at that point had already sold it to another family huh. Yeah, that wow, they had sold yeah. the property. It I actually a-
0: just actually just did this myself for the first time. Was I undid a foreclosure uh, last month? But I'll save that. So, so that's so. So they it's they tried to do that. Yeah. So they tried to do that, but they couldn't. You're saying because the property. So they, did, forecl- they did they did foreclose, foreclose. They
2: did sell it to somebody else. And yep. so at that point, you know, I you know our lawsuit continued, and mm-hmm. you know. We had to get it on my and Again, they decided to settle with me because I knew I held all the cards and I didn't hold wow. out. It's even interest, more interesting that we had such a big settlement with that, that my attorney turned on me and he wanted to get yeah. paid more. So even he, so, it's it's amazing how mm. nobody believes you can do any of this stuff. And you know, I mean, all of a sudden, it shows up magically because you have the drive and, and, and the grit to do yeah. this. And all of a yeah. sudden, everybody wants uh, to take a bite out of you. All,
0: all of a sudden, they were in your corner the whole time, right? All <laughs> the whole time. Exactly. So I, I had to go you.
2: to a PR. I had to go to a fee arbitration with my attorney for another year and argue wow. over my settlement, and how much he was going to get out of it. And I won that as well.
1: Hmm. So,
2: yeah, it's, wow. it's been it's been a long journey. So after that. Got married and went through and went through all this in the court those years. But here's what I found. I found that, you know, we were blessed enough with the, the birth of my first child came uh, a couple mm-hmm. months after we um, we were married. Mm-hmm. And that is, I got a picture somewhere, that'll be posted on LinkedIn as well. I got a picture, someone took me the first day that my daughter was born and me nose to nose with her. And that's when I made my promise. That's what changed me, that it wasn't about me anymore. Now mm-hmm. it's about, you know, being that responsible person for somebody else's life. And that's right. when I had my renewed faith with God and in myself, because God doesn't think I'm a deadbeat, otherwise he wouldn't have given this responsibility to me. He actually thought it was worth something and said, Hey, you know what? I think you can take care of my child. And that's a big responsibility for me. I take very seriously. And sure. so that's been another foundation. So you take your failures and then your faith in yourself and then your faith in God. That gives you your fortitude, your focus, that brings you to a good family, to have some fun, and you can work the <laughs> finances on top of it. And that helps you become a great fiduciary for other people's money. I told you I like those F words.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of F words. That's awesome. <laughs> um i love it so okay so you now you've got children and you've got a a family that's growing and and uh what is your uh what's take us up through through today i know there's a lot of ups and downs but from from the birth of your daughter through today what did things look like
2: so so building my fund a 25 million dollar fund um we 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 raised most of that. We got almost to our goal of twenty five million. And
0: this was twenty fourteen, uh, twenty fifteen. So we
2: started so? in twenty fourteen is when we started. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I got out of the bankruptcy. We finally closed out the bankruptcy in 2012, 2012, 2013, Right around there, we finished that up. And so I took my settlement and then you know started the uh, real estate uh, note fund at that point. So at that point, when you, when you just curious because
0: I, I have a couple funds, but I've only been doing it for um, you know. Couple of years, as far as the funds go, you had already had a lot of exposure to that, um, or, or at least that world in general, right? To the fund side, well, at least seeing people with funds, or I guess my no. question really, okay. So, how did you decide to start a fund, and and who did you model? How did you learn? You know, what, it's, yeah, it's kind okay. of a big, big thing to just start off with in the in the note space.
2: So, um, I think. I try, so 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 look. I try to look for signs that 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 God sends me, and all of a sudden at that moment in time, the Jobs Act had come out, and everybody wanted to do this thing on the mm-hmm. fund. So he dangles this in front of me, <laughs> going with my ego, saying, "You want to be a fund manager? You <laughs> want to be a fund manager?" All this stuff was going on. I'm like, "Oh, this sounds cool. Why not?" So, being the risk taker that I am, embrace your fails. Eh, after what I just been through, I could use a break and go get to another screw up deal. So let's go try to do it. <laughs> so, I love it. I don't, why not try. Why not? So um I went, uh I don't know how I found them. I found an advisor at that point. There was a group who was helping emerging managers put their funds together, do training on it, and then they were also um uh, uh put you on a stage in front of accredited investors and you can mm-hmm. pitch your deal and get your first money in. And so I did that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um Got some money out of that, and then moved on and started raising money ever since. And it grows from there. So I started with my own money, friends and family, um, yep. and uh, it's scary. It's especially when it's um, not your money and other people's money. Sure. Uh, it's 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 scary because you don't want to screw it up. Even though absolutely, you know, we're nothing but a bunch of screw ups. You know, we hope <laughs> that people don't you know look at our flaws, even though we are all flawed. Um, but I knew enough in the business and I've been through enough of the battlefield. I mean, Mm -hmm. going through what I went through on the legal side, I felt strong enough that what really could happen to me that's worse than that. So I felt that I was prepared for worst case scenarios. And so, you know, at that point back then, I said, going into this and and building back up again, I didn't want to just play offense. I want to play offense and defense simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And so that was different. Uh, And one thing, that I, did, so I always had it back in my head when I started my fund, um, that coming out of the bankruptcy, one thing that I saw that I was always amazed with was, was how these banks put these mortgage-backed securities together. And they had this thing called a credit default swap, which ultimately acts like an insurance policy, that any risk that they take, the insurance policy covers it. And I said, coming out into doing our fund, what's out there like that, that can help me and cover my screw-ups and pay when I screw it up? There's nothing out there Mm-hmm. of an insurance policy. So if I'm going to have other people come into my fund and I know that I'm a little bit of a screw-up, how do I protect them <laughs> if I get the screw-up? There's nothing out there. Um, so I was always on the search for that. Uh, and so that's where my life settlement fund comes in, where we started a couple okay. of years ago. So our life settlement fund that we put together acts as um, our insurance to help take on some of the risks that we do on the distressed real estate side. So... so-
0: and obviously, we're not going to have time to get into the, too many of the weeds on that, but but that's entirely separate. I mean, the two things yes. are entirely separate, right? But yeah, well, it's all, it all
2: it all comes under the the the, the brand of Brit Partners. Got it. Um, that we, it's, it's 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 one of our offerings that we do the the the, the non performing notes, the private lending, yep. and then the life settlements as a suite of offerings, and so yep. it becomes safer that way. So going back yep. to you know when I was. Uh, given my children and to be responsible for them, it kind of bled yeah. into my investors. Well, how do we play it safe for them too? Because we want nothing to happen to them and their money. Um so it, always, so it was a always it was always focused on doing
0: that. A couple of quick so first did the uh did the bankruptcy your in, in your history have any it sounds like you were able to raise a lot of money pretty quickly. So did that sure. become a problem from an investor standpoint? Did anybody ask you about that?
2: so i have to disclose it which i did in my sure. ppm so it was always disclosed in my ppm
0: sure.
2: um in, in fact the attorney that did my documents since he had to write it all up i had to tell him the whole story he was mm-hmm. so impressed uh he helped raise some money uh, <laughs> nice. so he goes yeah, you right. know 30 years i've been doing this i've never heard of such a story
0: yeah the to fight back and win right and get that settlement that's awesome and um Yeah, I mean, the like you said, everyone's a screw up. I mean, there's no, there's risk in every investment, right? And so, as an investor, passive investor, I might say, well, Robert has been through hell and back. I trust no one more than him because he's been there, right? Whereas, you know, somebody else who hasn't been there, we don't know how they would handle it. I Um, I
2: totally agree. That's absolutely right. That when people ask, you know, about your wins, I'm like, I want to know about your losses. Tell me what you love yeah. and what you do. So it's not about avoiding risk. It's about sure. how do you handle and mitigate the risk? The risk sure. is there.
0: Sure. Absolutely.
2: And so how do you handle it? How do you manage it? And I think that's the better question sure. for investors. Yeah, absolutely. Said.
0: And then the second question, uh, the the life settlement part of it. Again, I personally you know, love to spend a whole episode on that. But what is that just high level? What does that look like for an investor? What What, what is that?
2: So it's, it's, it's similar to buying non-performing notes. I actually call it the mm-hmm. cousin of NPLs because you're still buying paper. You're still buying a future payment. You're buying mm-hmm. it at today's value and today's discount. Um, the difference is, you know, the trigger events. Uh, upon the maturity of the policy, you get paid um, a large sum of money as long as you mm-hmm. keep the, the monthly payments going. So it's a simple, simple mathematical equation how to do all that. Mm-hmm um and so with 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 very little overhead honestly it monetizes time and so it acts as a great hedge and 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 what we call the uh, the shock absorber of all the risk it absorbs a lot of risk with very little overhead
0: so these um, are life insurance policies where you're the person that the policy um expires before the Person does no 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 no. So
2: it goes like so no so so. Let me give you an example. So there's many of these policies out there that people use for estate planning. Let's say uh, okay. for generational wealth transfer, where they the policy is still uh, a valid policy, but they get abandoned. Mm. So we look for the these abandoned policies. There's okay policies. If there's a company that goes into a bankruptcy or becomes insolvent, these policies are assets and they can be sold and abandoned and bought at a big discount. And so you continue to make the payments on these policies um, and, yeah. and, 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 and they become very, very, very valuable. I see. Pick um, them up at a big discount. Um, right. So,
0: but these are, these are whole life policies because yeah. they have cash value. Got yes. it. Understood. Okay. See, I, I learned things along the way too, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Okay. Got it. So you've got three primary kind of offerings within your, within grit partners. Um Talk to us a little bit more about Grit Partners. Why why is it called Grit Partners? And 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 again, just what does the business look like?
2: Yeah. So again, Grit Partners is just our 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 our, our branding uh, piece that we have. The the three verticals: the distress side, the private lending, and the and the life settlements. And so we don't really do much on the private lending. We do private lending. Um, where it helps one of our internal deals whether it be on the, the distressed real estate side or the life settlement side uh, we don't make it a uh a primary core business there's so much of it going on out there there's mm-hmm. so much competition there's better ways of making money deploying capital in my opinion but we haven't mm-hmm. it. but it's you know as we need it we'll put it out there uh, and Got do it. it um but you know uh, the distress side uh, like I said, we're winding down fund one. We're going to be starting mm-hmm. up fund two. That's a seven. That's a, a, a little over seven years now where we, we've had that. So we're going to wind that down. Uh, and, and we do that for a number of reasons, some of which is to, you know, gentrify some of our capital stack and send some people along their way. Um, <laughs> and we wish yeah. you could do that with other people in your lives, but at least with your investor base, you can do some of that. Um, and sure. uh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah. So, So you...
0: So speaking of you you said you, I think you alluded to the fact that you're going to start a new fund um or you're in the process what what do you foresee just in general I know no one has a crystal ball we're not looking yeah, for, of course, yeah. you know market predictions but what are you how are you changing your your business based on um market conditions and what you see in the future
2: So I'm doing a couple of things I personally think we're about to see from the distressed note space I probably think we're going to see some of the best opportunities we'll see in our lifetime um I think um, that we're going to, and, and it's not hard to conclude some of this, looking mm-hmm. at where we are in the world with our leadership, where we are on a global stage, on a domestic stage, you know, our leadership has taken us down some 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 pretty chaotic uh, paths. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that creates a lot of uncertainty, a lot of distress. I think you're going to see Um, A lot more bank failures, commercial real estate failures, which are going to lead to, unfortunately, a lot of job loss, more loss in the stock market, uh, and more opportunity for these distressed assets to come onto the marketplace, where Mm -hmm. we'll be able to pick them up at bigger discounts. I think this industry uh, and and participants like you and I will become Mm -hmm. uh, more and more valuable. Um, because of the deleveraging process that we become a part of and being a part of this deleveraging process for people and the homeowners is so important and doing it in the manner in which we do is of great importance. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's gonna be less people doing this and more opportunity for us to grab our piece. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I think that um, the best days for this business are just ahead of us and not that far uh, ahead Mm -hmm. of us. I've been doing some advising, uh, being a paid advisor for some uh, uh, younger groups who want to get into this business and graduate from the traditional real estate investing. And so I've been taking some um, positions in their management company as well. Mm. Uh, So I'm doing a couple of things where I'm still staying active, but at the same time, um, becoming more passive uh, Mm -hmm. as an LP as well. At the same time, uh, I think I can create um, my own portfolio and help others to build their portfolios at the same time and have a greater reach. And that's what I'm trying to do now is a little bit of both. Um, and then, you know, the life settlements will go across all sorts of asset classes that I can put out there as well. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm doing my part to really scale grit partners right. in right. what I think is going to be a huge windfall for this industry. And it's needed because... You know, we got a lot of these fires. We need a lot of firefighters and that's what we are. And there's not enough of us out there.
0: You can't just artificially prop things up for forever. Forever, Uh, they can't at some point. Now, do you, you don't mess with the commercial debt space? Is it all residential?
2: um, I do mostly residential. I don't really touch commercial. Mm -hmm. Um, They are are different beasts. They're not different beasts. I just, you know, I'm so busy on the one side. I have no need or desire to go to that side with the learning curve that's there. I just, no desire to. I could, but yeah. I
0: I stick with what I know and I've got plenty (laughs) plenty to do already. So exactly. Um, There's plenty to do on this side. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I've got some, uh, some rapid fire questions here. Um, If you're ready, I think, I think you're ready. (laughs) um Robert what's one thing that people misunderstand about you about me yeah Oof.
2: you personally um, that's a good question. you know they say that a jar can't read its own label and you're asking me to read my own label <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question so I no matter that. what i say i'm gonna be wrong uh i'm going to- t- so I do have a I I do, when I'm in the public and out in work and business mode, I do have Mm -hmm. more of a uh, tight-collared stickler and Mm -hmm. abrasive side to me, more business-like. But Mm -hmm. behind that, I'm the biggest kid you'll ever meet. My kids (laughs) and I, uh, I think I'm a bigger kid than they are. Uh, (laughs) And it's imperative for us to have a laughter in this house, and we wake up to laughter every morning. But I don't show that out in public as much. So that's one thing I guess people can misunderstand about me.
0: So you have forced family fun. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's like the other that way that. around. It's forced. Yeah. It's forced, forced business. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Got it. Forced uh, seriousness on the business side. Yes. Um, we already talked about your failures and and, and embracing them. Um, is there anything you want to add there as far as just lessons learned from embracing your failures?
2: Um, I wish everybody a successful failure. That's <laughs> what I wish to everybody. Because for nice. fa failures don't have to stay as failures. There are successes if mm-hmm. you look beyond them. Sure. Um, so don't let it go to waste. Don't let it go to waste. You need to look through these roadblocks and this adversity to see the solution on the other side. As long as you can keep um, moving forward, you will get to the other side always.
0: So this might... Uh, Be uh, ties right into the next question, but if you could go back and give your 18-year-old self some advice, what would that be?
2: To learn quicker, I've learned the lesson, but I wish I would have done it sooner, is not to be the kinetic learner. If you tell me that pot is hot, I still got to touch it and still get burned. (laughs) If you tell me that, uh, you know, because, or, or if I can see the smoke and the steam coming off the boiling water but I shouldn't touch, it. I'm still going to touch it. So, But i learned that later on to learn from other people's mistakes. I just wish I would have learned that sooner.
0: Got it. That's a good answer. Um, if you were given $10 million tomorrow, what would you do with it? So not for an investment, not, not from an investor for your fund, but just somebody writes you a check, what would you do with it?
2: Uh, 20% of it I'm giving away. 40% of it I'm investing. And 40% of it I'm spending with the family.
0: <laughs> nice. Awesome. Um, what's one challenge that you're facing in your business right now?
2: Uh, so interesting. Um, the challenge that I'm currently facing is, I think, a challenge that everybody is facing. That since we're on the back end of a pandemic now, the way the world operates and does business mm-hmm. has changed, and a lot, just like we're having this meeting yeah. now in, in yeah. digital on the digital platforms. Uh, so, so coming from. You know, a business that I've done for 20 something years where I would shake hands and look people in the eye mm-hmm. uh, and get to know them as a character before yeah. I did business with them, learning how to do that and showing. So this is how you got me, to because <laughs> I'm being forced to show my vulnerabilities on LinkedIn, which was tough for me. Not so much to tell the story, but getting the LinkedIn stuff going and getting the marketing going and now integrating social media and social platforms into my business to go along with my messaging of what it is that we're doing is my biggest challenge. I'm getting there. We're making forward progress, obviously, since we're here talking about it now sure. and it's starting to work, but that's my biggest challenge. And I think a lot of people face that now that, you know, um, sure. dealing with the new technology and doing business in a social uh, environment is, is, is a little bit of a, an uphill battle.
0: I wonder how that, that has uh, affected the, the mob in their operations. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <You don't... laughs> You don't have to re- respond to that one. Um,
2: <laughs> that's funny.
0: Let's see. Uh, what's one occupation that you'd like to try uh, that's entirely off the wall, totally separate from what you actually do?
2: An occupation that I'd like to try? Well, these are good questions. <laughs> um, honestly, when I think about stuff like that, I like going to very... Uh, very very um occupations or roles that don't get enough attention or credit so you know back in the day when they were collecting tolls on the bridge i'd go to be a toll collector Mm. okay you get to meet people and just greet people and they're on their way and you just yeah watch them go by
0: nice no one's answered uh, like that before, so <laughs> that was original. Um, how about a book that you can recommend for a listener out there? Could be on, you know, failure or or business or whatever you'd like.
2: So I have a couple of them that I'm reading. Okay, um, they're outside on my deck that I have. All them. But the one that I always go back to is Thinking Grow Rich. is always a great one. That's sure. a popular one. Um, from the sales side, uh, there's a book called "Tell to Win" is a great book. Mm. Um, um, I'm reading one now called "Persuasion" um, okay. by Cial- Cialdini, Doctor Cialdini, okay. I think he's called his name. He's big I on heard one of one. it. I... Yep. Um, Ray Dalio's principles.
0: Mm. Yep,
2: um, there... the Banker's Code by George Antone, he's got the Banker's Code, the Millionaire Debt, and uh, the Wealth Code.
0: Awesome. That's a, those are, I think, five five really good ones. So, nice. Um, Robert, What? Uh, how do you like to serve others? Put you on the spot here.
2: It's a good question. Um, it's a good question. If I gave you an answer, it wouldn't be a real answer because the first thing I'd need to know is the person I'm talking to, how can I serve them?
0: Hmm. If
2: I had a one-size-fits-all, that wouldn't be authentic.
0: Okay. I love that. So I would say by listening.
2: Yeah. First, oh, good, perfect right? answer. Yes. Yeah. So by but, listening.
0: There you go. There's yeah. my answer. By listening. Yes.
2: Uh, so Thank you. No,
0: that's really good. Um have we uh have i missed anything what should we cover before we get out of here
2: oh my goodness um so how did i start playing guitar i don't i can't read music i can't okay. read music so i play by ear um that's awesome my guitar is like my is it's like my pet that my guitar was always there for me in my darkest days always there to help soothe me always help there to help cleanse me emotionally I mean, there were plenty of times that I was, you know, moving, whether it be I lost my place, got out of a relationship, divorced, that, my guitar always had the front seat with me because yeah. that was my best friend. That's been replaced for the last 14 years now. Uh, actually, yeah. that since we're married for 14, together another four years. So, um, so you, don't,
0: you, you let her sit up front, you don't make yes. her sit in the back. Oh,
2: you know, and, and now now the kids fight who sits up front now. So <laughs> So I'm lucky enough to have... Two kids and the wife, and then the car, that's why the guitar stands up on the wall now, because yeah. that's where it ends up, which is fine. But it's taken me, bridged me long enough to get to, you know, where we're fighting over the front seats now. Awesome. But I'll tell you how I learned um, in high yeah. school, a buddy of mine, very popular kid, um, Joe Cavallo, was his name was a very good guitar player, um, had an illness, didn't come to school for a month. Um, I went to go visit him at his house. And when I got there, the mom started crying, saying, You're the only one that's come to visit him. I said, Really? But he's so popular. There's no one. And he's so depressed that he thinks everybody forgot about him. And he's in the basement. So I went to the basement and he had his guitar on his shoulder. He was a really good guitarist. Mm. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I like, Oh, you want to try? I was like, <sighs> uh, sure, put it on my shoulder. And at that point, it's like he crowned me. That was his best and only friend in the basement that was with him through this hard time. And he showed me a C chord and I played a C chord. uh, And then from there, I was hooked. I went home, listened to my Bon Jovi records. I had a little broken guitar in my um, closet with two strings that were out of tune. And I played just on the (laughs) strings, trying to be uh, you know, uh, Bon Jovi and all the the, the, the 80s rockers back then. And I tuned my ear and now I can pick up a song and play, but
0: not very well
2: still plays It still serves its purpose.
0: That's a really cool, cool story. Yeah. We, I can tell it. Everything, you know, has a purpose. You, you, you obviously, I mean, you have very, uh, a lot of intention in the background uh, for those watching on YouTube. Um, and you know, you obviously take a lot of, uh, you're very intentional with, with your life. I love that. So, um, last question. Well, second to last question, what does, um, you know, we talked about some of the financial hardship you've been through. And again, not trying to pry too much, but what does financial abundance look like today for you? And what does it mean to you?
2: So I actually, we just, so part of my um, advising that I do some some training. I was on actually one of my uh, sessions and modules today and we talked about that. Um, and it goes right back to what you see here, invest for freedom. Um, freedom. That's what everybody wants. When you move up the scales of society, the economic scale of society and moving up that economic ladder, um, it's because you want more freedom, more freedom of choice, more freedom of movement, more freedom of speech, more lifestyle options, more freedom of where we're buying our essentials every day, more freedom of where we live, more freedom of when we want to go on vacation, more freedom and have, you know, get released from this debt prison that we're in these mm-hmm. emotional prisons that we're in these mental prisons that we're in, you know, yeah. everything on TV today is there to fear monger and saber rattling to scare everybody into submission. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of our freedoms on every level is being uh, attacked. And so what financial free, what financially uh, success means is the mm-hmm. more you can rise above that,
0: mm-hmm. the
2: more freedoms that you have, that's when you're financially successful, is the more freedom that you have. And that's going back to that's why I love this business too, because mm-hmm. the more you can put your money to work mm-hmm. and free up your time, the sure. more financially free you've become. Yeah. So I, love I look at it not so much as a dollar amount, but how much time you have to do what it is that you want by choice.
0: Sure. Well, you already you already said it, your time is your most valuable asset, most valuable resource, which I I I normally say at the end of every episode i, I may have borrowed that from a, another podcast host but um it's so true though it really is so you can't replace it right um you can't replace time so um so robert man this has been awesome you've been vulnerable and you know talked about embracing your failure and and um it, you've got a very inspirational story so thank you so much Appreciate um, that. where can our listeners find you online
2: oh so i'm just i have a presence only really on linkedin um on linkedin you can you know search for the real rob knapp um and you'll find my profile connect with me there Um, and we're also we're also pushing forth this concept of capturing tomorrow um, where we want people to look forward look towards the abundance of the future look towards the next generations and, and 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 taking what time we have today to capture abundance for our future and our children tomorrow. So Capturing Tomorrow, people can email me at brilliant at com because we want everybody to be brilliant at capturing their tomorrow. So brilliant at com. That's their first affirmation of doing so is by writing it with their fingers. They want to become brilliant at capturing tomorrow.
0: Awesome. And your company website is uh, grittrust.com?
2: GriTrust. dot com. Yes. Trust.
0: Trust. Got it. One T. Well, two T's total.
2: Awesome. <laughs> one T in the website. Yes. <laughs> one G-R-I-trust. T
0: the end of trust. But
2: yes, Robert, yes,
0: yes, yes. thanks. Thanks a ton, man. This has been fantastic. I know our listeners are going to get a, a ton of value from this. So, really appreciate you taking the time.
2: Anytime, um, Jamie. I appreciate you inviting me on here. I really appreciate it.
0: I know you got to go pick up your kids, so we'll get out of here. Um, And uh, thanks to the listener out there for spending your most valuable resource with us. And that is your time. Thanks, everyone. Take care.
1: Investors, have you ever experienced challenging communication or the headache of tracking taxes and insurance? Meet BiFi, a loan servicing company founded by investors for investors. With an expert team and best-in-class vendors, BiFi will partner with you to service your loan from start to exit. Visit BIFILS.com to see how you can get started today. That's B-I-F-I-L-S dot Thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us, your time. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and fellow podcast listeners. One entrepreneur at a time, we can change the world. See you next time.
0: Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, Inspiring Stories of Mental, Physical, and Financial Transformation, available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.